What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode of Casts and Campfires, an outdoors podcast hosted by someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about. Um, I am super excited about this, to be honest with you. Um, I've always loved podcasts and always wanted to do one about fishing and hiking and camping and outdoors just in general, just because I love the outdoors so much. So um, just never really thought that the time was right until recently. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And uh, we'll just see what happens. So here we go. First ever episode of Casting Campfires. Thanks for checking it out. Um, make sure that you are subscribed or you're following the podcast. Make sure and leave a review, um, hopefully a five-star review. Um, but if not, if you think it's not worth five stars, give it an honest review, but leave a review for me. Um, and yeah, hopefully this is the start of something really cool that I can add to my social media presence, my YouTube channel, and just be, you know, another avenue to talk about fishing and the great outdoors. So thanks for checking it out. Let's jump right into, um, this, the title of the episode, what the episode's actually about since we're a minute and a half in and I've just been rambling. And let's let's stop wasting time. Let's jump right into it. Building a beginner tackle box. Um, I wanted this to be my first episode because it's something that honestly I've been thinking a lot about recently. Um, my son is three and he turns four this year and he's seen me doing a lot of work on my kayak, on my John boat, doing tackle organization and, uh, you know, rod storage and all that good stuff. He's been, you know, helping me out with that, doing a lot more of that with me recently. So he's been talking a lot more about fishing and I've kind of just given him like, you know, extra lures that I have here and there to fill up his tackle box. Um, and with him getting more interested in fishing and wanting to do it more with me this year, I thought, you know, I need to actually think through how to build him a tackle box, how to put together a tackle box for him. Uh, but not only that, I was out with my wife a few weeks ago for our anniversary trip, and I realized kind of the same thing with her. She's got some, like, for lack of a better term, hand-me-down lures, um, lures that I've got duplicates or tri triplicates. Uh, that, I don't think that's a word. Um, that I have multiples of or just extra lures or, you know, random ones that she's gotten here or there for, you know, whatever way she's gotten them. Uh, and so I have two people in my house that I think really would like to get more into fishing, but they don't really have the tools. They don't have the the things they need to go out and catch fish, um, whereas I have just an entire mountain of tackle in the garage that I don't know what to do with, really. Uh, so I was thinking through recently how to build a beginner tackle box, because obviously my son is three, so he's a beginner. Uh, my wife has fished off and on for most of her life, but I would still consider her a beginner angler. So I'm now thinking through, okay, how do I build a tackle box for the two of them full of lures that they can just go out and catch fish with without having to, you know, have a whole lot of know-how or technique or finesse or anything like that. So I've been thinking through that a lot. So here is what I think uh, you need in building a beginner tackle box. So if you're new to fishing or you know someone who's new to fishing and want to help them out, grab a tackle box of some kind, uh, put these lures in them, 
and I think that they'll have the best chance possible of going out and catching fish and getting hooked, pun intended, uh, on the sport of fishing. Now, I will say this as a caveat to this podcast. This is just going to be um, the lures in the tackle box. I'm not going to do any tools, line, rods and reels, or any of that. Those will all be kind of their own podcast at some point in the future. Uh, This podcast is just, you know, I'm assuming you have a tackle box of some kind, and I'm going to tell you the lures I think you need to put in it for a beginner angler, Uh, starting with soft plastics. So you start with soft plastics. I'm going to run through the types of soft plastics really quickly and then give a few thoughts, a few of my thoughts on soft plastics. So the soft plastics I think you need, um, I think there's four different kinds that you really really need for a beginner. Stick baits or some kind of Senko, um, a worm, probably like a five inch worm. Some crawdads or creature baits. I lean more towards crawdads because they're more natural forage. Um, I, I just feel like it's an easier thing for a you know a less experienced angler to fish a crawdad because it, it fish see them more and they just eat them a little bit better in my opinion. Uh, swim baits, and I'm talking like paddle tail swim baits specifically on this, and some sort of finesse plastic. Now, I would lean for a beginner, I would lean toward a Ned Rig plastic, um, so like a, a short worm or you know, like a two to three inch crawdad worm creature bait, something like that, to put on Ned Rigs for finesse fishing. Um, because Ned Rig is a it's a really easy lure to throw, no matter what type of angler you are, right? Beginner, intermediate, advanced, everyone can use the Ned Rig and, and catch fist fish. So I think stick baits, crawdads, or creature baits, but I lean towards crawdads, swim baits, and Ned Rig plastics are really the only four types of soft plastics you'd need to put in their tackle box. Uh, as far as colors go, I would get two colors of each of these. Um, each of these types of plastics, well, ex- excluding the swim baits. So, for the stick baits, the crawdads, the Ned rigs, I would get a green, or a, you know, green pumpkin or watermelon. So something that's green, natural colored, and then I would get a black or black and blue in both of those. So then you're covering all different types of water conditions, right? Clear, murky, muddy. Um, you've got something to throw, no matter what the water looks like. So for your worms, for your crawdads, for your Ned Rigs, um, you're going to want something green or natural colored, green or brown really, but I lean toward green, and black and blue so that you can catch fish or throw these, you know, these lures in any type of water condition. Now with the swim baits, you're going to want something more natural like bait fish colored. So you're going to want a white or something like ghost or like translucent, like a clear type of color. Um, They make swim baits in all different types of colors, but with swim baits, I kind of stick with white or clear or like a ghost color, um, which is kind of translucent, usually with some flake in it or something like that. But with swim baits, because they're supposed to mimic a little minnow, you want it to be something that looks like a little minnow. So something white, something clear uh, or translucent as far as that goes. Now for terminal tackle, for these soft plastics because these are all like I said soft plastics they don't have hooks in them you have to put hooks in them 
So for these soft plastics, you're really going to need only three types of uh, terminal tackle. So I'll start with the Ned Rigs. For Ned Rigs, you'll need a jig head of some kind. Now there are, you can see on the package, it's, it'll say Ned Rig or Ned Head or something along those lines. It'll say Ned. Or like Z-Man is called the Shroom Head. Um, but it will also say Ned somewhere on there. So some sort of jig head for your Ned Rig plastics. Um, because you want a specific type of hook for those lures in particular because they're smaller, right? So you want a smaller hook with a jig head that already has weight on it. Um, size really kind of depends on where you are fishing. I tend to go lighter rather than heavier. So I usually never throw a Ned rig that's heavier than one eighth ounce. Um, so if you want one eighth or less is kind of what I would recommend. Um, and any brand, I, I none of these are gonna be brand specific. I'm not gonna recommend any brands because the brand you choose is really going to be dependent on your budget, your preference, and honestly just what's available. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, the second type of terminal you'll need for these soft plastics is going to be some just plain hooks, right? So I would recommend either a 3-aught or 4-aught. So the way that's going to look on the package is 3 slash 0 or 4 slash 0. That's 3-aught, 4-aught. One of those two sizes in EWG, which stands for extra wide gap hooks. Um, you can get regular ones, you can get heavy duty ones, um, you can get thin wire ones. That's really up to you. Whichever one catches your eye or your budget, honestly, just go with those. But 3-aught or 4-aught EWG extra wide gap hooks for those soft plastics. And then weights. You're going to want bullet weights. Um, so with these, you can go lead or tungsten. It's up to you. Again, fit your budget, fit your your preference and what you think you need, what you want. But you're going to want some bullet weights. Uh, the sizes I would recommend for those is one eighth, one quarter, or three eighths. I think those three weights will pretty much cover any um, any depth of water you're going to be fishing. Right. So one eighth, one quarter, or three eighths in a bullet style weight and it can be lead or tungsten uh, I will say tungsten is probably a better a better weight it's a smaller profile because the metal is more dense it, uh, it seems to sink faster and it's more sensitive when you're dragging it along the bottom however they do cost a lot more so you need to keep that in mind when you're looking at those so lead uh, is going to do the job just as well um, well maybe not quite as well but it will get the job done um, just know that, you know, there's two options really, lead or tungsten for those weights. So that's really the only terminal you're going to need um, for my recommendations anyway. So moving on to um, hard baits. There are two baits that I absolutely think that have to be in anyone's tackle box, especially a beginner one's uh, beginner tackle box. And the first one is a spinner bait. Spinnerbait, it can be a quarter ounce, it can be three-eighths ounce, it can be a half ounce. Um, again, that's all dependent on your preference, where you're fishing, and how deep the water is, that kind of thing. But a spinnerbait, and it, in the spinnerbait, I would stick with white or a shad color. So gray, silver, smoky, uh, clear, something like that. Something that looks like a little minnow, because a spinnerbait is supposed to mimic 
a small school, two to three um, little minnows, right? The, the one with the hook in it is the big one, and then it's got one or two blades on it that are supposed to flash or thump and look like other little minnows in a little school that the fish then attacks. And it's great for uh, reaction strikes, So it, and it's great for beginners because you just throw it out and you reel it in. There's no technique or finesse to it. You just throw it out and reel it in, um, which with these hard baits is kind of a theme you'll see as we go through these. But must have a spinner bait, and my opinion needs to be a white. You can get a white and chartreuse, that's fine too, um, but something white and or something shad, so silver, smoky, clear, something along those lines uh, for your spinner bait. The next is going to be two crankbaits, and these I'm not going to get very specific with other than I, I think you need two crankbaits. My personal preference would be to have one square bill crankbait, which dives a little bit shallower, and one kind of medium, you know, seven to ten foot diving uh, crankbait. And I would get one of two colors, depending on where you're fishing and what the main source of, you know, food is for your fish. Um, I would either get a shad color, so something that looks like a little minnow, or a craw pattern, so something that looks like a crawdad. Again, that's going to be dependent on where you're fishing and what the fish are eating, right? So where I fish primarily, um, the fish eat shad. So I catch most of the fish that I catch out of the river that I fish primarily on lures that look like little minnows, right? Um, I don't catch a ton of fish on lures that look like crawdads. There are crawdads in that part of the river, but the fish, the bass anyway, are primarily eating minnows and bait fish. So I catch more fish on shad-looking, bait fish-looking lures. So take that into consideration when you're buying these lures, right? Are the fish eating minnows? Are they eating crawdads? That might determine, you know, what pattern or what color you buy. But I would get two crankbaits, and I would recommend one square bill crankbait that dives, you know, one to four feet deep, and then one maybe medium diving crankbait, like a six to ten foot deep uh, diving crankbait. So you can cover different types of water, or different depths of water, sorry, um, with your two crankbaits. But uh, again, crankbaits are one of those, you throw it out, you reel it in. It's There's no finesse or technique or skill that goes into it. Um, you just make a good cast and reel it in, and the fish reacts to it and eats it, and then you reel it in. The next is going to be another reaction lure. It's going to be a chatterbait. Um, and I say chatterbait using the term like Kleenex or trampoline or, you know, something, a band-aid, right? Um, a chatterbait is a, a lure by Z-Man. It's the, you know, it's the name of the bladed jig that Z-Man makes. But it's become synonymous with bladed jig. And you can get any bladed jig. You can go with the chatterbait. Um, I have several of those. Guggen Squad makes a good one called the Clickbait. Um, I actually, I'm going to do a whole other podcast um, on the Berkeley Slobberknocker because I just recently started using that one, and I really love it. It's unique and it's different than other bladed jigs uh, in a really special way, and I just, I slayed the fish on them uh, recently. So I'm I'm going to do a whole episode on my reactions and my breakdown of of the Slobberknocker, but you can get the Slobberknocker. Um, the jackhammer, I think, is Strike Kings. 
there's just, you know, every brand has their own bladed jig, basically. So you're going to want a bladed jig because it's one of those, again, you just throw it out, you reel it in. There can be some technique. You can pop it. You can, you know, jig it off of the bottom. You can give it some rips. You can, you know, you can fish it different ways. Um, but primarily what you're going to do is you're going to cast it out and you're going to reel it in. And that's what, you know, you're going to do with a bladed jig. So, um, with the bladed jig, I would stick with three eighths ounce because, um, typically the bladed jig, when you are reeling it in, it tends to work itself up in the water column. Um, so a crankbait, you throw it out, it floats. And then the bill on the front makes it dive down. The bladed jig is kind of the opposite. It has a heavy weight. Well, I say heavy, if you're getting a three eighths ounce, it's three eighths of an ounce. But you throw that out and it starts to sink down because of whatever weight you're throwing. And then as you reel it in, the the blade on the front is actually curved up to make it wobble and shake. And that actually pulls it up in the water column toward the surface if you reel it you know, quickly. Um, so it, I say that to say, you know, I would stick with slightly heavier weights if you're going to, you know, throw these in any type of depth of water, you know, more than a foot or two. Um, so I, I typically just stick with a three eighths. Every time I, I buy a bladed jig in any brand, color, anything, um, I stick with three eighths ounce and the color I primarily, you know, gravitate toward is just white because a chatterbait, uh, bladed jig is a lot like a spinnerbait in its presentation. So it's a, it's got a skirt on it like a jig, um, but instead of a blade with an arm, a wire arm on it, it just has, you know, a, uh, a bill really for lack of a, or a blade, <laughs> it's called a bladed jig. So it's got a blade on the front, um, instead of an arm with a, a uh, you know, a, uh, a spinning blade, it's just a, a thumping, like wobbling blade. Um, but it looks a lot like a spinner bait. So I stick toward like bait fish looking, um, uh, colors. So white or, you know, clear, um, shad type of color, silver smoke, that kind of thing. Um, they, you can throw them in all different colors and, and they'll work in certain conditions, but I've just found that white, um, tends to do the best for me, no matter where I'm at. If I'm fishing a white bladed jig, I just tend to catch more fish than if I'm throwing another color, right? All right. So moving from moving on from hard baits, moving baits, there's still some hard baits I want to talk about, but they're different types of baits. So, um, jigs, I'm going to do probably a, a deep, like deep dive on jigs at some point, but you need, in my opinion, three jigs in your box. Now jigs do take a little bit of technique and finesse, um, but it's super simple. In a nutshell, this is how you fish a jig. You throw it out, let it sink all the way to the bottom, and you'll be able to feel it hit the bottom. Your line will stop, you know, pulling down, whatever. Let it sink to the bottom, and then you just kind of, if it, you're depending on the jig, right? Um, but the Arky or casting jig that I'm going to tell you about, you can fish it or work it a bunch of different ways. Either drag it or pop it along the bottom, just giving little pops with your rod to make it kind of bounce along the bottom and take in slack occasionally. Um, in a nutshell, that's how you fish a jig. There are lots of different techniques and styles and things, you know, you've heard me say bladed jig already. Um, there's jig is something very broad. 
So an Arky or a casting jig is just your standard jig head with a skirt on it. So it's a jig head with a hook and it's got a skirt on it and nothing else, right? And it can be a different shape of head depending on the brand or how they make their jigs or whatever. But a casting or Arky style jig, just a normal bass fishing jig, I think you need three in your box. The reason I think you need three is because with the jig in particular, I do think you need three colors of the jig because jig fishing is very dependent on what the water clarity uh, is like, um, it, which is different from other, other lures. But I think the jig colors really do matter probably more than other lures. So in all of these, I would go either three-eighths or one-half ounce. That's kind of this just standard three-eighths or one-half for, for your jigs. And the three colors I would get is a green pumpkin, a black and blue, and a peanut butter and jelly. And the reason that I would get those three colors is the green pumpkin is going to be more ideal for clear water, where you want something more natural that looks like a crawdad, that looks like a bluegill, something like that. A black and blue for murky and dirty water um, that stands out, gives a good silhouette and a good presence when the fish can't see very well. And PB&J because it's been scientifically proven that bass see purple best. And so in clear, all the way to murky, sometimes even like dirty water conditions, uh, a PB&J can be your, your best friend because it's brown and it's purple. Brown makes it look like a crawdad or some sort of, you know, bluegill or panfish or baitfish. And the pop of purple really makes it stand out and the fish can see it very well. Um, so it's just a very solid all around like color that you can use pretty much any time. So I would get three jigs. I would get a green pumpkin, a black and blue, and a PB&J, peanut butter and jelly. And the brand doesn't matter. The type doesn't really matter all that much. Um, like I said, stick within your budget. Stick within what catches your eye and what you think um, would work the best. Um, and try to stay in the like three-eighths to one-half ounce. That's just going to be your good standard weight on, on these jigs. All right, moving up to my last two lures that I think you need in a beginner tackle box. Two top water lures that I think you need in your beginner tackle box. We've covered the bottom with the soft plastics and the jigs. We've got the middle of the water column with the spinner bait, the crank baits, and the bladed jig. Now to go to the top of the water column, two top waters. Um, and I would just get two lures, very, very simple, easy lures. One is a popper. So like a Pop R or the Guggen Blooper is actually probably probably my favorite one. Um, and the Popper I would get in a white or a bone color. So bone is just like a, an off-white uh, or a matte white color. But a, a white color and a black color. So I would get two Poppers, one white, one black. The reason for that is when the sun is out and the skies are blue, and the fish are looking up at that lure, they aren't seeing color. They're seeing a silhouette of a lure that the sun is behind. So essentially they're seeing a shadow. So if you are throwing a black lure and the fish sees a silhouette of a black lure on a sunny day on the top of the water, it's going to stand out even more than some other color that you're throwing. If you're throwing one that looks like a frog or 
you know, green or brown or purple or whatever, yellow, they're just going to see black because uh, on a sunny day because they're just looking up and the sun is behind it and they're just going to see the silhouette. So if you're throwing a black lure, it's going to just stand out that much more because it's already black and then they're seeing the black outline or silhouette of it uh, in front of the sun. So that's why I think black topwaters are essential for for any box, but certainly in a beginner box because it just gives you a little, it just makes fishing topwater that much, that little bit uh, easier when the fish can just see it better. Um, and then I, I say white because just in general, bait fish are white and topwater lures in general are mimicking bait fish, not crawdads or bluegill or anything like that. They're often mimicking bait fish. So bait fish are white or silver or clear. And so a white just mimics them better. And on a cloudy day when the fish are looking up um, and it's not blacked out by the sun and they see a little bit of color, typically white has a little bit of red on it somewhere and that stands out really well uh, in cloudy conditions and they can see that white really well so white or a bone color which is just an off-white and black for your popper and the same colors are going to apply to this next one which is a plopping style bait uh, it doesn't have to be a whopper plopper um, those are kind of expensive honestly it can be an ozark trail plopper honestly um, my favorite recently has been the Berkeley Chapo for, you know, reasons that we can get into in another podcast. Um, I just, I think it's a really great bait. I also really like the Guggen revolver. Um, it's kind of unique in its shape and how it plops as well as the Chapo. They kind of have both have their unique, um, styles. Um, so I would recommend either one of those, but even just the regular Whopper plopper, the Ozark Trail Plopper, <clears throat> any any of the plopping style baits, um, because they're super simple. You throw it out, you reel it in, just like a lot of these lures, and it makes a good like plop 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 noise as it's coming across the top of the water, and it attracts fish. Really, it can attract fish from even very deep water um, up to come investigate, and then maybe react and strike to it. So, I would get two poppers. I would get. A, uh, a white one or bone color and black and I would get two plopping style baits a white and a black you could also get a chrome one I think on sunny days chrome is really good as well because they get the silhouette and maybe a little bit of sheen or, or shine or reflection off of it occasionally um, but really I, I stick with white and black for the most part with top water um, but again that's all up to your preference and if you want to throw in a third one, like a chrome color, that's up to you. Um, they're they're going to work the same, and they're going to be able to catch fish on them. It's just a matter of, well, do you have room in your tackle box? Do you want to buy another, you know, plopper? Uh, and do you think it's worth it? So it's up to you. I tend to stick with white or black when it goes, comes to top water, though. So there you have it. My recommendations for building a beginner tackle box. Um, to be fair... Depending on the brand that you go with, with all of these lures, you can probably fill this tackle box for pretty cheap. Um, I'd say at under 100 bucks probably. Um, I didn't do any of the research on how much this costs. I just thought about, like, what do you need? Uh, but I bet you could do this for under 100 bucks and uh, get that person who uh, is thinking about starting fishing or is a beginner angler that you know, or even yourself, if you're a beginner, can get you started um, and get you, you know, 
headed off in the right direction as far as lure selection and, and options go whenever you get out to the water. Um, so um, let me know what you guys think of this list, what you guys think of this tackle box. Um, if there's anything you would have added to it or anything you think, nah, I don't think you really need that in, in a beginner tackle box, let me know. Um, I'd love to uh, tweak this list and perfect it before I go out and buy all these lures for my wife and my son this summer <clears throat> so that we can have some good fishing trips. So let me know what you guys think of this list. Hopefully it's helpful. Um, hopefully it gives you guys some good ideas for some some lures to buy some someone in your life or for yourself even. Um, and hopefully it'll help you guys go out and catch more fish. Guys, thanks so much for checking out this first episode of Casting Campfires. I've got some awesome things planned and I'm really excited for this podcast and where it could potentially go and what we could potentially do with it. Um, so thank you guys for checking out this first episode. Don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening to this at leave a review, um, so that I can, you know, reach more people, um, and we can grow this podcast, grow the community, um, as big as we can. Thanks again, guys, for checking it out. And we will see you on the next episode of cast and campfires. Mm-hmm.